Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. The topic of delivery of healthcare in America is a hot one, and author Michael J. Zima, MD, puts forth solutions in his new book, Modern Healthcare Delivery, Deliverance, or Debacle A Glimpse from the Inside Out. Michael is joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Michael, thank you so much for being here tonight. My pleasure. Can you tell me what you've written about here in your book? What I've attempted to do, Corey, is to, uh, to highlight many of the changes that have occurred in healthcare delivery in the past half century, focusing predominantly upon the past 30 years, some of which not only have not met their goals, but also have had some unintended consequences for patients uh, and their providers. The book is a call to action for everyone to vigorously engage, work together to create a healthcare system that's high quality, equitable, and fiscally sustainable. So is there anything in particular that made you decide to write this and publish it? I guess I was struck by the uh, general community's naivety about a subject that I feel is so fundamentally important to each and every one of us. The lack of knowledge and degree of misinformation that's out there is simply astonishing. I mean, not only is this evident among colleagues and acquaintances with whom I might periodically engage in some casual conversation, but also among the so-called, you know, pundits on TV who often can't even differentiate properly between Medicare and Medicaid. It's just astonishing that something of such importance to each and every one of us could be so poorly understood. Why do you think there's such widespread misinformation here? Well, healthcare, <laughs> our healthcare system's been put together over nearly a century now in little bitty bits and pieces a little at a time, and it's a moving target, as I found out even when researching uh, the book. And so it's not easy for even people involved with healthcare to keep up with the nitty-gritty of all the changes that are happening and what impact that has upon each of us, no matter which silo we're in, whether we're provider, administrator, insurer, payer, or patient. So I can't blame people, but on the other hand, with all the attention being given to certain areas today, it doesn't appear that the delivery of healthcare is getting the attention that it properly deserves. I could imagine there's a fair amount of research involved in this book. About how long did the whole thing take you to put together? About four years. We're talking about nine or ten trips to the copy editor, maybe eight or nine to the page designer. Hmm. Of course, again, it's a moving target. Yeah. As I would pen one chapter, I'd find I'd have to go back and edit another chapter. And in fact, even in my preface, I apologize for the fact that by the time some people get the book at their doorstep, certain things may have already changed. It's a rapidly moving field. What's your writing background like? Have you published or written before? Not a book. Uh, I've probably got over 50 or 60 scientific publications, 
in medical journals that are peer-reviewed. But this is probably the first time I felt so compelled to put this in a form, not just for healthcare administrators or providers, but for the lay public. Because for each and every one of us, we're going to be involved in the healthcare system, either as a receiver or a provider, but we're going to be in it before we pass. Michael, who's your ideal reader? Who did you target when you wrote this? Unlike a lot of other books, Corey, that are out there that are on this subject, that are mainly directed toward administrators or the medical legal aspects of healthcare, this book was directed primarily to the actual providers of healthcare mm-hmm. at all levels physicians, mid levels, nurses, technicians, technologists, and just as importantly, I felt though, people who someday will be patients. And that's why the book is loaded with plenteous footnotes to try to explain some of the uh, technological aspects of it that might otherwise be somewhat difficult to understand. And there's lots of references for those who want to delve deeper into the subject matter. But it's a diverse audience because, again, as I mentioned, one day we're all going to be involved in the healthcare system. Most people are from the outside looking in, but I give these readers of mine a glimpse of healthcare delivery from the inside looking out. You mentioned how fast everything is changing. Have you thought about or planned for maybe revised editions of this in the future or maybe all new volumes? No, I'll never say never. It was an exhausting work. Mm. I'll never say never. I am keeping up with the literature and I have a, <laughs> I have a stack already that's probably a couple of feet high on things that I would add to a, a second edition. But I don't know, it was a it was a great strain upon the family from a time perspective. But I'll never say never. Do you have any words of advice for aspiring authors? Yeah. Don't give up. There are there were many times during that four-year period where I just said to myself, you know, it's just not coming together. Too big a task for one person to do this. 500 references, 350 pages, nine chapters. It's just too big. You know, I'm not a big, big, big sports fan, but there are some people out there whose words echo forever. Hmm. Remember Woody Hayes from the Ohio Buckeyes, and he said, paralyze resistance with persistence. Hmm. That probably sums it up. When you feel you're getting resistance, either internally directed or from external sources, you know what? Persist instead. Paralyze resistance with persistence. The book is called Modern Healthcare Delivery, Deliverance or Debacle, A Glimpse from the Inside Out. It was written by Michael J. Zima, MD, and published by Fulton Books. You can buy it everywhere on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Michael, thank you again for joining me here. I had a really nice time talking with you. Likewise, Corey. Dreams, Imagination, and Adventure. They're all in author Gina Fosnight Curran's book, Silly Sally So-So, Where Will She Go? I'm really happy to be joined by Gina here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Gina, thank you so much for joining me here tonight. Well, thank you for having me. We greatly appreciate it. I appreciate you being here. Can you tell me about Silly Sally Soso? What story are you telling here? Yes, Silly Sally Soso is a character that just loves life. She sees the positive. She knows her value. She knows 
that God loves her and that he's created her to have a good life and to be able to find the life more abundantly that he's created her for. So she's very curious. She loves to go on adventures. The first book kind of gives you a glimpse of how she likes to find the good in things. Even when other people may see the dark side of things, she sees the light. She sees things as an adventure rather than a bother or a burden. Hmm. So my goal is to have sequel books where she gets to visit different countries and places and learn a little bit about their culture and help children see that there are different ways that people do things, but that the underlying theme is that they're all created by God and they all have talents and gifts that God's given them. So yeah, we're excited about that. Wow. What a wonderful message. Do you have an age range of children in mind? You know, its strongest audience would be toddler through probably second grade that would enjoy it the most. Definitely preschoolers having it read to them would thoroughly enjoy it. It has a lot of fun rhyming and timing that they themselves can get into and join in. I think for the younger readers in grade school, it's a great opportunity for them to have fun with it, but be able to read it themselves. And so it gets their imagination spinning just by doing the actual reading and getting that rhyme and that rhythm going, I think is still fun at those ages. I love how you're stressing imagination. It's so important to encourage that in children. And you're also using illustrations in children's books to tell your stories as well. What was that process like? I was admiring the illustrations in, in Silly Sally Soso. What kind of a process was that like for you? You know, this is my first time ever writing a children's book. So I had to learn how to take my imagination and describe what I wanted. And then you go back and forth with the illustrator. So that was very unique process. But I was very pleased because what truly was in my mind and heart came out on the pages. Mm. <laughs> so it's great to see how that can actually happen in working with a publisher. Mm. But how long of a process was this to write it and then go back and forth with the publisher and then get it out in stores? Well, normally it's a year, but with COVID hitting, it really, it took two years. They mm. had thought it would be done in a year and the entire process still is not actually fully completed, but is close. The book itself is completed, but the other parts of the book creation and publishing, you know, and also the publicity, those things are still happening. So you know, it's definitely a process. It's not an overnight thing, even though, of course, I had it written and I had in my mind what I wanted. It did take some time and some patience and just learning how to work with that whole process. Absolutely. You said this was your first children's book. Uh, what is your writing background like? What writing have you done previously? Have you been published previous to this? My main things that I have done have been a lot of writing for different Christian missionary agencies or newsletters. You know, I've written for the Outreacher before. It's a local newspaper, you know, this type of thing. I do have another book I'm working on that's for adults, but it's not yet to the place of going through the whole publishing process. But, you know, a lot of times I, I write practically. So for things that are needed, newsletters, I have quite an amazing story personally and testimony of some things that I've been through. And I've written for several different organizations that shared that testimony. So my writing has been more practical, needs met, needs based, so to speak, to just share what God's done in my life. Mm. So this was the first children's book. And then, as I said, I'm working on one for adults as well. That's totally different type of book, but that's my basic background. Yeah. Now that you've been through this publishing process, do you have any words of advice for aspiring authors who want to get their first books out there? 
You know, I think that the biggest thing is just recognize it is a process. I think there's a lot of things to check into out there as far as publishing. I mean, the people at Christian Faith have been very helpful and I've really appreciated them. So I would say, you know, feel free to, to just check things out. Look at your different options and, you know, God will get you where you need to be if you just do the research. He'll help you have a piece about what to do and where to go. But I have found them to be very helpful at Christian Faith. and so. I would encourage them to step out in their dreams. And if God's put something on your heart, then you need to share it. Well said. Oftentimes, writing is so much fun. There's so much joy in that process. And, but the other thing is, it's often a lonely process. You're by yourself a lot of the yeah. time. Did you have That's somebody true. in your life who was encouraging or, or motivating to you as you were writing? You know, actually, my grandchildren were how I started telling stories like, I mean, I've told stories to children's for years because I've worked in children's ministry. I have a children's business that's a ministry as well that I've worked with literally thousands and thousands of kids. And so I've always enjoyed telling stories and just talking with them and enjoying being with them. But the actual process for this book really evolved with my grandson. I used to tell him stories and I created the character Silly Sally Soso (laughs) to tell him adventures, you know, and we'd come up with fun rhymes together. And, you know, he just, loved hearing about it. And then my granddaughter came along and she also adored it. And so I finally thought, well, maybe if they're enjoying it, maybe other children would enjoy it too. And so that's where I sort of was spurred to take those steps to start putting it into a book. And just all of the creativity and all of the imagination of children and how they love, you know, they don't really know what it means to travel the world. They don't really understand that side of things. And I've traveled the world many times and loved every bit of it. You know, I was in missions for quite a few years and thoroughly enjoyed the differences in culture. And I thought, what an awesome thing for children to learn how to see things and recognize that things can be different, but still a lot of it's truly from the Lord. So you know, just because something's different doesn't mean that it's all bad. Sometimes when a child's only raised in one environment or one culture, they just don't get that joy of realizing, hey, these kids eat with their hands in India, you know, but that's how it's done there. And it's kind of neat and it's kind of tricky. I've done it myself and it's not that easy. So, you know, for them to be able to do that or learn that people eat with chopsticks, you know, And the same goal is accomplished. Everybody's getting their food into their tummy like a child wants to do, but there's different ways of doing it. And it's kind of creative and fun to learn those things. And Gina, thank you for celebrating these great things for kids. The name of the book is Silly Sally So-So, Where Will She Go? Written by Gina Fosnight-Corinne, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere you shop for your books. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. Gina, thank you again so much for being here with me. I had a really nice time chatting with you. Well, thank you for your time. Mystery, suspense, drama. It's all here in A Murder Among Them, the new novel by Janae Pearson. I'm talking with Janae right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Janae, thank you so much for being here with me tonight. You're welcome. Can you tell me what A Murder Among Them is all about? Yes, it's about a detective that had a tragic accident from his first wife. Well, she was killed accidentally. She was pregnant with their first child, and the baby lost, he lost the baby too. So he shot down for three years after that, didn't date or anything. He went and saw like a depression. And then something else happened. There was a murder took place, and he was, his heart fell out for that case, went out for that case. 
And so he decided to take it. And so when he took it, he found love in that direction with the victim's daughter and young daughter. And it just go on from there. How did you come up with the idea for this plot? It's just that I guess that I just sit and I look, uh, look at a lot of mysteries hmm. and murder pictures. And I just sat there and thought about how I would do it. Hmm. I guess it just came to me. Yeah, did you draw anything maybe from your personal experiences? Any any little things you drew out and maybe played on? Well, not exactly through personal experience. I mean, I've never been in a murder that's like that. <laughs> it's just that I always interesting yeah. in murders and mysteries. That's fantastic. Oftentimes, writers are the biggest readers. Do you do a lot of reading? I used to, but I'm interested now in like more writing. Mm. That's great. Have you ever written before? Is this your first published book? This is my first published book, but when I was younger, I used to make up stories, mm. just little stories, and, uh, <laughs> you know, make up characters and stories and stuff like that. And, but I never took it seriously, you know. Mm. But recent years, a couple of years back, I started taking it seriously. I'm glad you did. How long? So you said that was a few years ago. So what, it was about a three, four year journey? Yeah. When I wrote the book, it was like in 2010, really. Mm. You know, like you just write something, you go back to it and stuff like that. And so what I did, I rewrote it like 2016 and updated some. So that's why it came up to date to now. So what was the publishing process like for you? Being new to it, I'm sure there was a lot you learned. It was. It really was. Uh, It was interesting, too. And I mean, you know, excited. It was kind of like, like, I just couldn't believe it. Like, like a dream life. It was really interesting. And I learned a lot of things, too. I really did. Especially about grandma. I learned a lot. Do you have any advice now that you would give to somebody who is like you, just about to embark on this and publish their first book? Yeah, uh, first of all, you have to be, it's got to be something that you really want to do. Hmm. And then when you do it, you have to be dedicated to it. I mean, you know, like stick to it. It's kind of like hard work, but it's fun and it's also rewarding. I just tell anyone, you know, out there that if you want to do it, just stick to it and be obligated to it and it can become rewarding. You're sure are right when you say it's hard work. You know, oftentimes there's a lot of joy in writing. It's just fun to do a lot yes. of times to make up the stories, but it's not always that way. You hit some tough spots like writer's block. Do you, do you ever get writer's block? It's like now, I already have a second one ready. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, the second one is ready to go. It's been done over a year, but it's just been sitting here. Mm. So we're just going to see how this one goes. While I do the and then in my mind, I'm thinking about like doing the third one, you know? That's fantastic. Yeah. So is this an ongoing series then? Do they continue or is it pretty much you're focusing on a character? Yes, I want it to be sort of like an ongoing series. Like this, after this, there's another one behind this one. Like same characters, it's just a different case. Like I love it. So it's easier to go through this whole long process, all the hard work, like you said, if you have sort of people there behind you and knowing you're doing it and encouraging you and backing you up. Did right. you have people like that in your life? I have a sister. She seemed interesting, but then, like, sometimes you find yourself on your own, you know? Yeah. And then, because you don't like telling everybody really what you're doing, there's very few people you can put in your circle to tell. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you're putting yourself out there, and right. it's hard to sort of reveal that to people, and you trust those people that you're closest with. Right, right. You're right. You're right. So you talked about the excitement of publishing your first book. So can you tell me what was going through your head? Whenever you got that first physical copy in, you open up the box, and there it is. You're holding it in your hands. Uh, what were you feeling then? To tell you the truth, it was like, 
I was walking kind of like in a cloud, like, mm. like you saw like a dream, like, you know, you kind of saw a picture yourself and see that, you know, is this for real? And when I held it in my hand, I just looked at it, but it was, I was excited and it was just a feeling, you know, real, very excited feeling, but you want to scream out like, you know, happy like mm. about it, <laughs> but it's like you in a dream, walking around a daze in a dream like, and then, you know, it's, I tell you, it's just very exciting, very exciting. It really is. Well, Janae, that excitement, I'm sure, is going to transfer to the book, A Murder Among Them, written by Janae Pearson and published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere you shop for your books, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. Janae, thank you again for joining me here tonight. I had a wonderful time speaking with you. You're welcome. Heaven Speaks is the new inspirational book by June Adams Paw, who's here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. June, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Can you tell me, in Heaven Speaks, what can readers expect? My desire and my purpose for Heaven Speaks is that each morning as we delve into God's Word with maybe some new ideas, it'll draw us closer to God. And that's the purpose of the book. There's one scripture for every day. And it's designed to, as I say, just draw us closer to God, make us realize that we have a a relationship with him, not just words, not just names. Hmm. What inspired you or gave you the idea to write this? (laughs) Well, I teach scripture. I started by just sending a few scriptures every morning to some friends, but it just kind of grew until I had quite a a list. (laughs) And then they wanted it on Facebook. So now it's on Facebook as well. And then my pastor said, why don't you put this in a book? And I thought, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but then I began to think about it, and I began to get some to write some new scriptures for the book, and that's where I am. <laughs> so is this the first time you've published a book? Yes, it is. I published a play one time, but it didn't do much. But this is the first my first opportunity with a book. Well, congratulations. It's such a big milestone. A lot of people say they want to write a book and never quite get around to it. And you did it. How does it feel now knowing that your book's out there on shelves for the world? Well, it's exciting, and it's especially exciting, not that I wrote a book, but that it's out there as a, as a help hmm. for people who are looking for help through the Word. Did you have a specific target audience in mind when you wrote it? No, everybody who needs to know the Lord or who needs help from the Lord, Any, anybody who needs encouragement. Hmm. Have you thought about writing more, maybe putting out another volume or something similar? Well, I have been thinking about it. Actually, I'm working on it, but I haven't gotten very far yet. But. Uh, <laughs> Let me say, I'll say it's, it's, it's on my mind. We'll put it there. About how long were you working on this? How long did it take you to compile and then go through the publishing process? Well, the publishing, through the getting it together and, and the publishing process took over a year. Hmm. But part of that was because I didn't know how to organize it. We had to edit it so many times. But actually, as, as far as putting it together, it probably took about maybe nine months or something like that, I would guess. What would you say the most challenging part about it was? The most challenging part was finding somebody to publish it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because God works in mysterious ways, you know. Hmm. I had, there was an outfit in town that thought they could do it, but when they got into it, they said they couldn't. So I came home and I prayed about it. and And within two days, there was a notice on my email from this publisher who was looking for someone who wanted to publish a book. And it was Christian Faith Publishing. So I sent them an email and they called me and we went from there. Yeah, it's important to seek out the right kind of help and 
the people who have been there before and know the obstacles that you might face right. to right. get your book out there. Very wise. Yeah. And I was certainly a greenhorn. I knew nothing <laughs> about publishing. So, oh, Do you have advice for other greenhorns, maybe those about to publish their book, maybe those who want to finish their book and just get their first one out there? That don't give up. Just keep at it until you, you reach the point where it's, it's going to go somewhere. And it will if, if, it's, if God's in it and if you're, if you're depending on him and, and if, you're, if you're doing it with the right motives, it's, it's, it will go. God will use it. When you're writing, do you have a specific routine or a place, something like that, that you get into a lot of writers like to sit down in a specific chair, maybe with a cup of coffee or be in a certain place, maybe listen to something? Do you have anything like that that you get into? No, I, I start every morning at four o'clock and I get little tidbits during the day from, for ideas. And then at four o'clock, I, I go to one of those tidbits and then I have to find a scripture to fit it. Hmm. And then I begin to write and it, this all comes from the Holy Spirit. And I begin to write and because I like to have it out by six o'clock, people are looking for it, you know, first thing in the morning. So by six o'clock, I usually have it ready and then I can do what I want to do the rest of the day. Did you have anybody in your life who was sort of your support and your encouragement while this was all going on? Yes, my husband. Hmm. He was greatly a, a great encouragement for everything I said and did. And he still is. So hmm. I'm very thankful for him. He's my second husband. My first husband passed away and we've only been married five years, but it's been a new experience. And he has been such a help that it's, it's really, really been wonderful. Well, that's great to hear. The book is called Heaven Speaks, written by June Adams Paw and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere you shop for your books, on Amazon, on Barnes & Noble, at iTunes, and down the street at your local bookshop as well. well. June, thanks for stopping by today. I had a really nice time talking with you. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed it as well. Why do people become ill, and how does it happen? Author Ronve Elvabach, MD, takes this on in her new book, the Origins of Illness, Health and Illness in the Quantum Era. Really happy to be talking with Ronve right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Ronve, thank you for being here with me. Thank you for inviting me. Can you tell me what readers have in store for them with The Origins of Illness? Yes, indeed. This book shows that illnesses are not caused by bad genes and worn out cells, as we so often tend to think. In fact, illnesses are not caused by the inside whatsoever. It is caused from the outside. Our health is a relationship between the body and its environment. Now, the good news is that this is, we shape this environment, we this, this relationship. We create it as we go. And if we learn what the ingredients of this relationship is throughout life, we can change our health. And that's the good news. Hmm. So what gave you the inspiration to write this and publish it and release it to the world? Well, I'm sort of a, I guess, a medical philosopher. Even before medical school, I was wondering what on earth makes people sick and why don't we really understand the, why they be, become sick? I was sure there was a reason. And I looked and I looked all through my career and I pieced it together one by one bit. And I feel like I have answered the question to some extent. And I'm very happy that this book came about. About how long of a process was that to research everything, to write it, and then go through the publishing thing? Actually, it has taken me five to six years. It, mm. it, it, you can imagine the vastness of the material. Mm. It is endless. So I was not swimming and drowning in material. <laughs> and it took me 
easily six years. I know how often information changes in the medical field. Was that a challenge for you keeping up? I mean, over five or six years, a lot can change. That is a good question because things keep changing on me. They kept changing on me. I kept writing and rewriting and rethinking and researching. And as I said, I was drowning in information. Yes, it was very much a challenge. And to this day, it still is. I am still keeping up. And sometimes I wish I could read the book. I could write it all over again. <laughs> but it is pretty basic. What, what basically is in there is pretty, is pretty standard to our understanding of health. Mm. What is your writing background like? Have you written before? Is this your first published work? Actually, I wrote my first book uh, as a result of clinical experience with weight patients. And I wrote a book of nutrition called The Food Tree. It was published on Amazon in 2008. And it still is kind of a classic. And I am happy to tell you that I don't feel like anything in that book much needs to change. It has stood hmm. the test of time and it still is a very, very good reference book for nutrition. Hmm. Well, that's a testament to the quality of the information you're putting out there. Thank you. So looking ahead, are, are you thinking of maybe releasing updated versions of this in the future maybe, or maybe writing something else completely different? Well, I don't have any current plans because you can imagine I am just relieved to be through with this and <laughs> to have this paper. So I don't have any current plans. But of course, I'm following very carefully. I'm following medicine and, and research. It's so interesting and, and we have so much to learn. So who knows in the future, but I have no current plans. Do you have words of wisdom, any advice from things you've learned along the way for aspiring writers? Yes, I do, because I didn't set out to be a writer to begin with. Hmm. But I tell you two things. First of all, you have to have a message and you have to be a missionary for your message. You have to burn for the message and want the message to come out there. And if you have that, then you also have the enthusiasm. You also have the passion. And you need that passion to speak to people where they are to be clear, to be on their level, and you need to explain things, and you need to garner their interest through the fact that you love your subject and you, you want it to be understood. And when you wrote this, did you have medical professionals in mind, or was it a broader target audience? This book is written for the layperson. It is written for anyone who wishes to understand how they can change, how they can improve their health or change their health or do the best for themselves as well as for parents who wish to do the best for their children, to give them good habits and get them into good form and habit for a lifetime. It's so important for parents to teach their children right when it comes to these things. Runve, who is in your life who encouraged you or, or maybe motivated you, kind of kept you on track while you were doing all this research and all the writing? Well, that's a good question. I have to say that, first of all, the subject itself, medicine, kept me on track because mm. this, I, I just feel that the information here needs to come out and I feel that it needs to reach people. So more than anything, the subject kept me on track because I, I'm burning for this subject. It's absolutely must come out and we must think further in medicine. We cannot be stalling where we are now. Mm, Ranve, thank you for your passion for this and for putting this information out. The book is called The Origins of Illness, Health and Illness in the Quantum Era. Written by Ronve Elvabach, MD, and published by Fulton Books. You can buy it everywhere you get your reading material on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Ronve, thank you again for joining me here tonight. I had a really nice time talking with you. Thank you so much, Corey. I appreciate your time.
Victimhood Becomes Victory, in the new book by Patricia Edwards Burton, titled How I Overcame Abuse, My Struggle to Become Whole After Molestation and Rape. I'm really happy to be joined by Patricia right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Patricia, thank you so much for joining me here tonight. You're welcome. Can you tell me what readers are in store for with How I Overcame Abuse? Readers are in store to find out ways to overcome abuse and not to suffer in silence because you can get help and you can move forward and you can move past trauma, the trauma of the abuse by reaching out to someone and getting help. Don't suffer in silence. Mm. What inspired you to write this and then publish it for the world? My own experience of being traumatized through rape and molestation inspired me to write this book because I was able to overcome it. So I'm saying, okay, others can overcome it too and live a healthy and happy and fulfilling life. So I said, why not write the book? Here we we are today. I'm glad you did. The book is full of hope and victory, but would you call this an easy book to have written? No, it was not an easy book to write. As a matter of fact, I cried buckets while writing the book, Mm. and I realized that as I was writing and pouring out, that I was completely delivered from my struggles and what I had not overcome. I was completely delivered as a result of pouring out and just letting it go. I was able to finally completely let it go. I love how so many times writing can help the author as much as they're reaching out to help others. It's kind of a two-way street like that, and it's so beneficial. Oh, yes. So have you written before? What's your writing background look like? No, this is my first book, How I Overcame Abuse, and we'll see where we go from here. Mm, How long were you working on it? Oh, I started in February and submitted it to the publisher in May. And do you have advice for other aspiring authors looking to go down this road for the first time? Yes, put your story in writing. Don't be afraid. Um, Don't be nervous. Just go ahead and open up and share. And in doing so, you'll be able to help others. Are you thinking of maybe writing more? Do you have plans to maybe publish another book? Actually, I've written two more books. Oh, wow. One entitled How I, My Unique Self. And the third one is Loving in Spite of, Coming to Terms with What is Revealed. And those two are presently being published at the moment. Did you ever have times where you were writing and then you got stuck? Either just the words weren't coming anymore or or you just didn't know what to write next, like a writer's block thing? Do you deal with that? Oh, Oh, yes, yes. I had writer's block. And what I did was I would put my work aside, let it sit for about a week. And then, you know, the information would begin to pour again. And then when it started pouring, sometimes I woke up early in the morning because it was just coming to my mind and I needed to get it on paper. I would wake up and then I would write so that I wouldn't forget or leave anything out. And then I would progress from there. Hmm. Did you have somebody in your life who was sort of backing you up along the way, maybe offering you the encouragement or maybe motivation that you needed to keep going? Oh, yes. My dear husband, he was very supportive and encouraging along the way. Yes, he was a great support to me while writing all three books. Hmm. Oftentimes, writers read a lot. They're the most avid readers, and that's actually how you can get even better at writing is just by reading more. Are you an avid reader yourself? 
I'm becoming an avid reader. I used to just read my Bible and maybe the newspaper here and there, but now that I've become an author, I find myself reaching for books. That's very wise. Well, Patricia, thank you for putting your story out there, using the things that you've gone through to reach out and help others. The book is called How I Overcame Abuse, My Struggle to Become Whole After Molestation and Rape, written by Patricia Edwards Burton and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere you shop for your books. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Well, Patricia, thank you again for joining me tonight. I had a really nice time talking with you. You're welcome, Corey, and take care. God's plan for humanity is at the core of the next book I'm talking about here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. The title of the book is From Condemnation to Redemption, and the author, Barbara Amajoy, is joining me here right now. Barbara, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Can you tell me what you've written about here with From Condemnation to Redemption? From Condemnation to Redemption just reveals the um, reason why Jesus came. So man lost the position with God, the position of fellowship and authority and, and righteousness and holiness, that position of peace and tranquility and the position of fulfillment of the call of God. Man lost that when the first parents, which is Adam and Eve, disobeyed God. They were casted from the presence of God because of sin. So Jesus came to redeem us back to our position with God, back to that place of redemption, the place of authority, the place of fulfilling our calling, the place of doing what God has called us to do. So Jesus came and died to redeem man back to that place that God has ordained for man in the Garden of Eden. Hmm. You're telling the gospel story for sure. Now, what inspired you to write the book, to, to put these thoughts into words and then have this book published? Was there something at this point in time that gave you the inspiration? Well, um, I was studying, and God just revealed to me the gift of this redemption. Hmm. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, he said, Let us come, let us make man in our image. And then he says that in, in that, he also revealed how he's given man the authority over all creeping things, over everything on this earth. And then it took me along to help me understand how man lost it. So I personalized this, how God saved me from the plans of Satan, which is destruction to his plan of life and prosperity of eternity. So I just wanted, I was very inspired by that revelation and I wanted to share it with people that we don't have to be where we are. We don't have to be at that dungeon of uh, lack, of failures, of depression, anxiety, and all the things that the enemy brings. We don't have to be there. We have a choice. We have a choice to receive this life and light that God has given through us. And he says, he says in uh, John 3.16 that he loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So not perishing is not just waiting till the end of your life here. I'm, I'm talking about not perishing in every aspect of your life. So it becomes the kingdom of God is here within us. Means everything that God has ordained for us in this life, 
we are we can start from here. We can we start from here in the life the life of worship, the life of thanksgiving, of prosperity, spiritual, physical, everything that God has ordained. That is the kingdom of God is within us, which is Jesus who have come to fulfill all righteousness. And Jesus came so that we can walk in that righteousness that he has fulfilled. I understand that a lot of this message came to you after doing a Bible study, and your son was actually very encouraging to you to yes. write this. Can you tell me about that? I was having a church with my son and, and another pastor where he, he used to live in Louisiana. And as we were going along, I, uh, the Lord inspired me to start a Bible study. Uh, so I started a Bible study here with, uh, at Periscope TV. And sometimes I'll post it on Facebook. But as I was doing that, I believe I was teaching on baptism, the, what, the, what baptism means. Mm. Why Jesus had to be immersed into the water and taken out of the water. So the revelation of what that meant. I was teaching on that, meaning you, when you are immersed in the water, you die with Christ, and then you rise up in righteousness. You rise up as he rose from the dead, So, which is signified by you getting out of the water. So my son said, Mom, I have not heard this like this before. <laughs> you better be putting this thing down. <laughs> so when he said that, it's like I heard the voice of God <laughs> that I need to put all these in writing. Yes. It's great when you have family around who's so encouraging and, and loving and, and want to support you and, and what you do. Yes. Do you have yes. advice for people who are looking to write a book to get their message out there? Any words of wisdom? Yes. Anything, and I, the only thing I can tell you, because we have everything against us here on this, on this earth to distract us from the calling of God. And God does not have to come. You, you don't have to hear that voice from heaven and say, hello, go and do this. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, you know, it, it just, it would drop that in your spirit. It would just drop that in your spirit. It's just that still voice. So my encouragement to anyone that have had heard that still voice to write anything, don't worry about your time. Don't worry about what anyone is going to think about it. Just do it. Just do it. As a matter of fact, if you look around, distractions are all over the place. So mm. the best thing is just do it. Don't think about it. Just go ahead and do it. And then later on, you find out it is really God. And of course, if it is not God, you humble yourself and turn around and say, okay, I, I guess I missed it. Mm. But in most cases, when that still voice, when he says, my sheep hears my voice. And if you are his sheep, you're walking in his light, you will hear his voice. He communicates to everybody. Mm. So my encouragement is whatever it is that God has put in your heart, just go ahead and do it. If you are putting you to, uh, in your heart to write about this or whatever it is, just do it. Mm. Great advice. Great words of encouragement as well. So do you have plans from here? What are the chances of you publishing another? Yes. As a matter of fact, yes, I have one in the cooking. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yes. Yeah. So where are you in that process? Are you following along the lines of From Condemnation to Redemption, or are you tackling another topic? It's uh, actually another topic topic, but also they all evolve from that redemption. Yes. Well, that's fantastic. Barbara, thank you for putting your message out there. The title of the book is From Condemnation to Redemption. It was written by Barbara Amajoy and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. well. Barbara, it was really nice talking with you tonight. Thanks again for joining me here on the show. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye.
an adorable groundhog finds he might be over his head when he changes homes in the new book by Donna Forrest Gorsick titled Mr. Banks is Moving. I'd like to welcome Donna to the Reader House Author Roundtable right now. Donna, thank you for being here with me tonight. Thank you for having me. Can you tell me what Mr. Banks is Moving is all about? Yes, he was a groundhog that lived on a hill next to a busy road and a train track that interrupted his sleep at night and rumbled him around and knocked everything off the walls. And he just kind of got tired of it and decided he was going to move. And this is the adventure of his move and all the obstacles he faced on the way. Hmm. Was there anything in particular that inspired the groundhog character? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I used to drive to work, and he actually, a groundhog, was on the side of the road on this hill on my way to work, and he would pop up in the mornings when I was going to work and look around like he was just trying to take in everything. One day, we were, my husband was taking me to work, and he looked over, and I had talked to him about the groundhog before, and he looked over, and he called him Mr. Banks. He said, oh, there's Mr. Banks. <laughs> so the name just kind of stuck, and uh, the story started forming in my head, and uh, that's where it came from. Was there something that prompted you then to say, hey, I got to write this down. I got to get this published? Just little thing. I like to write. I like to read. And I had been thinking about writing children's stories, and this one just kind of came to me at that time. And I just started writing down the notes and jotting everything down that I was thinking about, and, and it evolved into the story. I really like the illustrations. Can you tell me what that was like working with the artist? Um, it was great. They did a wonderful job. I'm not always the best at describing what I want in the illustrations. But they were great about making the changes and bringing the character out that I visualized myself in um, my head when I was writing the story. And they just they just did a great job and they're wonderful to work with. Mm. Do you think there are more adventures that Mr. Banks will be going on here in the future? I think there might be. Mm. Mm. <laughs> are you working on anything now or just sort of thinking about it? No, I actually have one in the works already starting on the publishing part of it. It's not Mr. Banks' story, but it's another story that I also came up with from things that happened to me. Hmm. So it's in the works now. So now going through the publishing process several times and, and constantly writing, do you have any advice for the first-time author? I, I think if I had any advice, it would just be if, if this is something that you really want to do, do it. Just make time to do it and don't give up on it. Hmm. I always feel like there's a right time and place for everything. And eventually that time will come and it will get to the place where you want it. Hmm. You just have to work for it and have faith and trust that you're going to make it. Hmm. Yeah, that's good advice. When you were writing Mr. Banks's Moving, did you have a specific age range of children in mind for it? I was looking for young children that like to hear stories from their parents and those who like to read them. So if if they were in that age group where they liked the challenge of a an adventure and, and they usually like animal stories, I was reaching out for that age group mm. where they would enjoy reading or being read too. Mm. Made me think of how challenging of an art form this can be because you talked about how children like to be read too and they like the sound of words. So while you need to be telling a good story, you also want to make the sound of the words sound good. You want it to flow that is pleasing to children. So you're almost approaching like a poetic kind of thing there. Yes. There were many rewrites of the story because mm. once you get it down, then I, I went back to make sure what I was saying flowed properly. 
and and it sometimes it was difficult, but in the the end, it usually comes together. But the flow, I think, is very important in getting the illustrations to flow with the words and uh, getting it in the book form. And that it was challenging, but I enjoyed every minute of it. Hmm. Well, Donna, who's been influential to you through the years as far as writing goes? I think I was probably first inspired through my mother who liked to write poems. And I think just kind of my faith took over and led me to the writing. And I just felt like that was something I wanted to do and could do. And so I just went with that. And I guess I got it from my mom Mm. (laughs) as much as anyone. And then encouragement, of course, from my husband, who always encouraged me with it and just having trust and faith that I could do it and would do it. It's really important that you do have some sort of support behind you. Uh, You had your family, and and that's really, really great. You know, oftentimes people try to take it all on their own. They think they can write a book and get it out there all on their own. But it's important not only to have that support, but then to find a good team, like a good publisher, like you did. Yes. Things seem to have fallen into place for you in that regard. Yes. Uh, Time for everything. The right time. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, congratulations on this book. Again, it's called Mr. Banks is Moving. It's by Donna Forrest Gorsick and published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere you shop for books on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, on iTunes, and Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Well, Donna, thanks again for coming by the show here tonight. I had a really nice time talking. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first. 